Good morning, y'all. All across the great state of Arizona. It's now 7.06 a.m. And this is your weekend wake-up call. Good morning, y'all. If you were waking up in Arizona in 1929, if the Great Depression wasn't bad enough for you in Patagonia, the summer monsoon came and washed out virtually every bridge in and out of every major travel artery. What a perfect time to be there. And, yeah. <laughs> and the rail between Patagonia and Mexico ceased operation. Pretty much left alone, uh, isolated for about 10 years. And recovery didn't happen in the area until they started uh, the American Smelter and Refinering Company opened a mine there, known today uh, more shortly as Arsarco. Yes. Out of Tucson, helped get the economy revitalized and going. And now today... I can think of worse places to be stuck than Patagonia, Arizona. (laughs) That would be a great place to be stuck. Yeah. Shut off from the rest of the world with plenty of... uh, resources. God, that's a beautiful country. And today, if you're down there, the hardest thing you've got to figure out on what's supposed to hit about 78 degrees on this afternoon is where do you go? Do you go to the Sonoida Vineyards? Do you go to Arizona Hops and Wines? Do you go to the Willem Family Vineyards? Or, if you're like Roger Naylor, I bet you'd kick your flip-flops off, stick your toes in the sand at Patagonia Lake, and take a nice nap on the shoreline. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> After you do a little hike in the Sonoida Creek Natural State Natural Area right next to the door there. You do a little hike, and then you relax at the lake. You what, what a better day nap. than that. Oh, yeah. We've got Roger Naylor in the studio, particularly today, the author of, of many books, uh, Get your kicks on Route 66. Arizona Kicks on Route 66, Boots and Burgers, an Arizona handbook for hungry hikers. That's a great uh, one. Thank you. Uh, the Cole, the amazing Cole Brothers of Grand Canyon. That's a great one, too. Thank you. And uh, they're all wonderful. I think they we can are. just uh, just come out and say that. That's yeah. all. They're all terrific. Uh, even my Death Valley, hottest place on earth, is uh, pretty spectacular, even though it's outside of Arizona. But my latest is Arizona State Parks. A Guide to Amazing Places in the Grand Canyon State. And I mean, this is hot off the press. Is the ink even dry on this book? I yeah. paid for this three weeks before it was delivered because it hadn't even started printing yet. <laughs> Man. It, its official release date was October 15th. It came out just a few days before that. But yeah, it is brand spanking new. So you guys are one of the first ones I get to talk to about it and, and uh, share. And I'm very excited. Thanks and for it covers me. every state park. In Arizona. Every Arizona state park. There are 35 state park properties that they own. Uh, There are 32 that are currently open to the public. And I cover each and every one. Not only the parks and the uh, natural areas, but I always make sure to include uh, information about the communities themselves because the state parks are all, with, except, uh, for, with one exception, essentially, they're all kind of in the middle of small towns or on the edge of small towns. So when you're visiting the park, you're visiting that community. You're visiting that little 
town. And uh, so I include information about that, some information about events at the parks, events in the towns, and then also some nearby attractions. So while you're there, you can see some other things. And the one exception would be what reared it right in downtown Flagstaff? Well, yeah, that's uh, right uh, yeah, that's close to uh, kind of in a bigger town. The one that's isolated is Alamo Lake. Oh, the yeah. The one that's kind of not oh, really yeah. near a town. Yeah, so, that's for sure. Yeah, so but that's a, 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 which is its big selling point. That's one of the great things about Alamo Lake. That's where you go when you're more interested in wildlife than Wi-Fi, when you just want to get away from it, relax. Of course, if you're a fisherman, you already know about Alamo Lake. Yeah. It's a legendary bass fishing spot. But, uh, you know, for if you just want to go and have one, of, I had one of the best nights sleep I ever had in one of those cabins there, just reading a book and going outside and looking up at the uh, dark skies, the frosted river of stars overhead, the Milky Way. And, and we've and, got the uh, meteor shower going uh, right uh, now. Oh, man, what a perfect time for this, to be For there. this month, yeah. So you, you that that is a dark sky park. Well, that's a, yeah, it is very dark sky. Uh, two of the parks actually have official dark sky designations, and that's uh, Karchner Caverns and Oracle. Both I could again spectacular. Both of them have star parties on a regular basis. I could see a cavern out. would be a dark sky uh, party. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got stuff going above ground too. It just it's, it happens above, it happens below. They got it all. And I love how you start the book where you've got two different ledgers, and it's, it's a repeat of the state park. So you start out, here's how many miles from Flagstaff, Phoenix, and Tucson, and then the second one's a ledger. This park has boating, hiking, camping, fishing, blank. And so you can just kind of scroll through, and what do I feel like today? And oh, this one's only 20 miles, or this one's only 100 miles, and I can do these types of activities. Well, exactly. You know, that's, uh, you know, we're known for the Grand Canyon, but we're actually defined by the scenic diversity and rich history of the state parks. I mean, this is where you find everything from tall cactus desert to craggy mountains to red rock canyons to uh, uh, rolling grasslands to a, a playground of rivers and lakes. Every chapter of Arizona history is preserved by the state parks, from Native American culture to Spanish colonial times uh, to the Civil War to the ranching mining boom to the Wild West. And, of course, then the uh, recreational uh, opportunities are just endless. This is some of the best hiking, fishing, camping, uh, stargazing, wildlife watching, wildflower chasing that you'll find in the whole state. So it's just, you know, I, it's why I encourage everybody to get out and not just see their local parks, but to see all the parks because they all offer something different. And when you do that, you're supporting the local communities, you're supporting the local parks. And, you know, this is our turf. People come from all over the Amen. world to see the Grand Canyon and Monument Valley and some of our high profile destinations, but not so many know about Roper lake and reared mansion and tonto natural bridge these belong to us get know? out so get out and see the state exactly. while we only have seven million people <laughs> and they've <laughs> exactly. made it so very you wait easy. much longer yeah. we're gonna be a 15 million they've made it so very easy you know it is a big state with lots of things to see but uh, roger had a coinable phrase it is a bite-sized family friendly, friendly adventure adventure so you can pick what you want to do take your family know there's going to be amenities there you know you're not just going out into the you know Wonderland, you've got our our church called a new pastor, and he and his family had to move here from Tulsa. So as a housewarming gift, we gave them boots and burgers. Oh, nice! And then and then we were invited to their house for a little dessert last week, 
and I gave them Arizona State Parks. Oh. <laughs> they said, you guys sure like Arizona, don't you? I said, yeah, and we want you to like it just <laughs> exactly. as much. So read these books. Well, Fall in love with it. And they, you can't give books like that where the first thing they don't ask you, well, where's your favorite? Sure. And that's what you're asking me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, maybe. It's, well, uh, uh, my response, you know, I, I, I go, Mom, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it, it depends what you want to do. Exactly. It's always very tough. But for me, it's very easy. Okay. Because Dead Horse Ranch State Park in Cottonwood is my backyard. Okay. It's, li- it's literally about seven minutes from my house. So I'm there just about, if I'm home, I'm there hiking at Dead Horse Ranch State okay. Park at some point. So it's it's by far and away just my favorite because, it's again, it belongs to me. I generously share it with other people. <laughs> I let other people in, but it's mine. It's all mine, and uh, I, I I love being there. I feel such a, a connection to that place. I don't know. I couldn't even begin to guess how many hundreds of miles I've hiked on those trails over and over and over and over again. But there's so, someone so there who doesn't like you there. Well, yeah, so this summer, I'd, does anybody else fight with birds? <laughs> is it just me? Is it just, I'm raising I, I, my hand. <laughs> I have this feud with this uh, great blue heron because I go there in the summertime, and uh, when it's hot, you know, then uh, what I do is uh, one of the great things about uh, Dead Horse is they've just got miles and miles of hiking trails into the hills, and you can go all over the place, but they've also got uh, – uh, trails along the Verde River and around these beautiful lagoons. And those are shaded for the most part. So during the summer when it's a little hot, I just take it easy and do some laps around the lagoons. But that's sort of the same time when this great blue heron is always there hunting. So even though I try to tell him, I'm not going to tackle you, I'm not going to do it, just stay put, no, no, he has to Posture? take off. <laughs> And squawking. Yeah, blue herons have this way of letting you know They're how unhappy yes. they are. They have this sort of croaking squawk. And I think it's kind of a big deal for them to take off because unlike little birds, these these guys are gangly things. They're all legs and neck and beak, and they have to take off on these big pterodactyl wings. And <laughs> it takes a while. And so then he flies out over the water, circles back, and lands in the path just up the waist so here 10 seconds later here i come again and then he does the same thing over and over we do this three (laughs) or four times until finally gets sick of it and he goes flies off into the trees or out on the island or sometimes he just perches on the submerged log in the lagoon and glares at me yeah you know i picture him in this foghorn leghorn voice going well of course you know so this means war (laughs) and so it just it you know i feel so bad for him i'm always afraid one morning i'm going to open my blinds and they're going to be all these herons perched out on my porch just peering in at me like something out of an alfred hitchcock movie except worse because think of all the hair and crap i'm gonna have to hose up off the porch and stuff so i only tell you this in case something happens to me if i don't come back from a hike and you find me floating face down in the lagoon with beak marks around my head and neck it was no accident arrest the heron so is that why idiot is that why it's the first book uh, park you mentioned in your book? <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's part of it, you know, because it's 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 in the introduction. It's it's the first park. It just kind of worked out that way because I did them in alphabetical order, but it it's just natural because yeah, that's why I 
fell in love with the state parks originally. You know, I've been there in Cottonwood for 25 years. I've been uh, hiking at Dead Horse for 25 years. I've had an annual park pass for 25 years. So, you know, it just, it's a place that I love. I know how important it is to me. I know how important it is to the community. And as a writer for the, you know, a freelance travel writer for the Arizona Republic newspaper over these past dozen years, all, so many stories that I would work on. If I'm writing about wildflowers, if I'm writing about camping places, if I'm writing about hiking trails or biking trails, something, state parks would always pop up there, you know. So I started putting the pieces together. I started making those connections. You know, it's not, you know, each individual park is so different. But overall, they tell an amazing story, too. And that's why I wanted to put the book together. Where the horse stables are today at Dead Horse State Park, you know, on the north side, you've got the lagoon on the south side. Mm -hmm. Just past that horse stable, there's a wash right there. And then just past that wash, a trail picks up and you can go north. The first bridge you come to, that's my Eagle Scout project. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Well, thank you. I appreciate that then. Cruise it through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. And this is where we give away a set of Arizona State Park passes. We're going to have to steal Jennifer's credit card and get like yeah. 52 of these every yes. year so yep. we can include these with the State Park passes. I we was do. thinking the same thing. <laughs> True or false? You know, we talked about the Great Depression hitting Patagonia. The monsoons washed out the bridges. Well, that ultimately led to ice floating in the Santa Cruz River when a ice wagon went through the river because there was no bridge on his traverse through the river. The ice bounced out because he forgot to close the tailgate. <laughs> True or false? <laughs> Sounds like something Tex, I would do. Tex had answered a 411-923. Icebergs in the Santa Cruz River. <laughs> if you think that's true. Text true. If it's false, text false to 411-923, and we'll pick a random bright winner at the end of this programming segment. Good for any of the Arizona, we say 35 state parks, but as Roger said, not all, there's like two or three that aren't currently open. So yeah. any of the 29 Arizona state 32. parks. 32. 32. If you count the nat state natural areas, which the parks operate. So Okay. Third, any of the 32 active Arizona state parks, including Patagonia Lake, which we mentioned earlier. That's it's a beautiful spot. Yeah, you know, that whole southern Arizona, that's our featured staycation destination this uh, month. And the Canala Hills, I mean, that that whole area, I, I, I think for, for the scenic view and the wildlife and the, the different terrains and short elevations, that's... And the vistas. Oh, that's... I, I think that... That's probably my favorite part of the state. Oh, yeah. Cochise County is, for me, just a little further uh, west. But, yeah, I, I love all that area. I think that's one of the things that surprised a lot of people is because if you're heading south, if you're heading uh, <laughs> through the desert down towards Mexico, you always expect the desert's just going to get spinier and, and more ferocious or something. And it doesn't. You know, it just softens. And you, ha you have these beautiful rolling hills and these golden grasslands. You're and these gating lands. altitude. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just gorgeous through there. And, you know, Patagonia Lake's one of these little hidden gems. You know, it's a, you, you see the sign, you turn down the road, and you go uh, a few miles, and there's these sloping hills kind of uh, dotted with ocotillos that, you know, are dry a lot of the time, so they're just kind of rattling together like skeletons. And you keep going 
there's a lake down here? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Just about the time you're ready to flip a U-turn, there you see this little bit of blue glinting down and below in the catch basin. And, man, you pull around and see it spread out below. It's just gorgeous. Well, we're here this morning with author, freelance writer, Roger Naylor, to cover his book, which has just been available like the last four days. I mean, it just came out, and it is on every Arizona State Park. It is. How can people get a hold of it? Has it even made it to the bookstand? Yeah, no, no, yet? yeah. It's it, it's in stores. It just got it just shipped, so it's it's available uh, in stores. It's available at all the uh, state parks. Uh, it's available on my website, rogernaylor.com. You can order from me and get a signed copy. You can order it on Amazon if that's uh, what you like to do. I always try to encourage people to shop locally if they can. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, so it is it is out and available now. So and the book covers twenty nine state parks. You have it broken up into three divisions, northern Arizona, southern Arizona, and the west coast. Yeah, because that's kind of how the uh, the parks sort of break up. Um, and, you know, they're, uh, they're kind of in uh, the biggest clusters, actually, in my neck of the woods in the Verde Valley. So if you come up to the Verde Valley, you can visit Fort Verde. Uh, an Apache Ears, era uh, wars wars era fort. You can visit uh, Jerome, the old Douglas Mansion there up on the the hill. You can visit Dead Horse Ranch State Park and the Verde River Greenway, which are uh, adjoined, and then also uh, Red Rock and Slide Rock. So and I know it's not big, a state park, yeah. but you also mention in your book when you're featuring Dead Horses Toosie Goot. I mean, yeah, you've got exactly. that right there. Right. Well, that's what, I, again, I, I always try to include some nearby attractions. So when you're there, you're you're having a great time. Go, well, where else can we go? Well, here's Toosie Goat. Here's the Clemenceau Museum. Here's the Verde Valley Wine Trail. Beautiful. You know, the kids have had their fun. Now let's, uh, <laughs> Mom and Dad, go have a little uh, drink on the Verde Valley Wine Trail. So Well, if you want to encourage you or your family or friends to get out and see Arizona, get Roger Naylor's new book, Arizona State Parks. And as long as you're on his website, get Burger and Boots. Boots and Burgers. Boots and Burgers. <laughs> you gotta, See, you're, yeah. you're, you're thinking about eating before uh, you hike. Uh, uh, <laughs> and your point is. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, exactly. Because between those two handbooks, it, it'll, it'll provide great motivation for you to jump in the car, take a run out, and consume a little bite of out, outdoors Arizona. And we'll get into a little bit food and his favorite. And, we got to find uh, out his favorite uh, in the next segment. But the answer is true. It was a unlatched tailgate that resulted in ice floating down the Santa Cruz River. And, and you think, well, how could you forget to do that? But at the time, day labor is only two forty-six. So maybe you should have just paid a little more. Five dollars doesn't buy my undivided attention. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. You know, Patagonia was almost named Roland after Roland Rice Richardson, the father of Patagonia. When they applied for a P.O. box in 88, he wanted to give the town his name, but locals protested and wanted it named after the local mountains, Patagonia. What does Patagonia mean? The word is Spanish, and it's in reference to a large clumsy foot that Magallan thought the area was inhabited by these giant people based on tracks they had seen. Okay. You hear those little sweet voices in the background? Arizona wildflowers. We had them on 
couple. Was it last year they came on with us? You know what? The Hoot Nanny sale was 18 months ago. Can you believe that? I have no sense of time since <laughs> last year, but I. They are so sweet, family, and there's uh, four girls that play together, and they're from 18 down to eight, and they're award-winning bluegrass play, band, and they're going to be playing around the state. We'll put that on our event page. They're going to be in Casa Grande November 3rd, November 7th. They'll be in Sun City West, Wickenburg November 9th. So you can wherever you live, you can get to hear them play. They're precious, precious family. And I understand they're going to be at the Bluegrass Festival in, in Wickenburg. It's been a few years since I've, I've mm-hmm. made that, but Amanda and I always used to go because that was kind of one of our first dates was to the, the Bluegrass Festival in Wickenburg. I read that wrong. It doesn't have the date, actually. It's just in November. And then in de- December, they'll be in, um, in the Fiesta Grand Community Church. We'll, we'll be, at, we'll we'll be in Wickenburg in November celebrating Henry Wickenburg's 200th birthday. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. They got a whole weekend of activity that weekend. I wonder if they're going to be up there for that. I hope so. We're going to broadcast up there as well. Here this morning, Rosie on the House, here with Roger Naylor, author of a book we're highlighting today featuring the Arizona State Parks. Now, Roger, you write about 29 state parks. There's 35 a few aren't open yet. They're still under redevelopment. 35 properties, 32 that are open. Okay. The parks and the natural areas. All right. So I'm going to ask you what people always ask me. You've been to every one of them. Uh, you break the book up into three zones of the state. Uh, you do a great job cataloging the distance each park is from each major metropolitan area and listing the amenities at each one and photos and a story about each one, but which one's your favorite? We talked about Dead Horse. Yeah, Dead Horse is always my favorite. But other than that. Well, and and I don't know that I can narrow it down to one, so I have a a top five list, and I'll give you those. Okay. And that's uh, Picacho Peak, uh, because uh, some of my best wildflower days are spent on the slopes of Picacho Peaks. Great history story. It's the westernmost battle of the Civil War. It was fought there, too. But I go, it's, and they've got a really interesting trail uh, that uh, with a lot of signage about that, if you're interested in that aspect of the history. But I go over and over and over in March for the wildflowers. They had a beautiful display this, this year. year. So, yeah. Uh, Jennifer it's loves a nice it. hiking Jennifer trail, loves the trail to the top. Yo, I the yeah? I had to sit down, and then I watched all these people older than myself continuing up. So I it took me about thirty minutes to get up the courage. There's just one area there where you just like right on the edge, and you oh my gosh, just before yeah, it, it just is, before the chain link section. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is a very tough trail if you want to go to the top. I did it as a kid, and I have not felt the need to go back again. But uh, I'm going to join you in that. I don't I feel the need to go back. <laughs> When I want that view, Jennifer says, yeah. well, let's just go get a room on the top floor of the Francisco Grande. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, Catalina uh, uh, on the northern side of Tucson there. Uh, again, it's just that perfect combination of classic Sonoran Desert stretched along the base of the Santa Can- 
Santa Catalina Mountains. So you're hiking in the desert and looking up and gazing up at Mount Lemmon and the beautiful Catalinas. They're also a really great wildflower park. And you have the, the bonus of possibly seeing desert bighorn uh, mm. sheep because they've released, they've got a, a population that they're getting started there and they've been showing up in the park on a pretty regular basis. So uh, my non-hiking park is... Um, Yuma Territorial Prison. That's my favorite historical park. It I is. love that. I okay. love. I, I well, I like any prison that I'm not in. Uh, <laughs> you you know, it just it, okay. It kind of validates my life choices. <laughs> Do but we it, have a list of prisons you haven't been in? <laughs> <laughs> is that to say? Well, that's another show, I think. But um, uh, there's just so it's such such great stories there, and this uh, what a wonderful time of year to go because this was just voted the most haunted place in America uh, last month by USA Today readers. The prison. Poll. What? Yes, Yuma Territorial Prison. 111 prisoners died there. 104 are still buried in the graveyard just outside the walls there. Probably not the eternal view they were hoping for. But, uh, <laughs> I just want to know where the other seven are. <laughs> well, maybe they got shipped somewhere. The uh, uh, But there's you can still visit, tour the cell blocks and the uh, It's overwhelming to think about being locked in those. Yeah, oh. it's, uh, yeah, it's really eerie and spooky. Mm. And, you know, I love Yuma anyway, and it's just always fun to be down there. So there's that one and um, Cattail Cove uh, on the West Coast. Uh, that's just become one of my favorite uh, parts of Arizona to uh, travel up and down the coast. Uh, you've got like four beautiful parks between Parker and Lake Havasu that are perched there. And it's just this wonderful combination. When when desert meets water, wonderful things happen. And you, So you have white sandy beaches. You have uh, harsh desert hiking trails with a backdrop of uh, gorgeous uh, water views, panoramas. And that's really a hard... Now it's hard to imagine that you haven't left Arizona yet. While we're in that corner, that, that West Coast strip sure. of Arizona, I don't have book, uh, Boots and Burgers designated to memory, so I don't know if this one was in there, but have, have you ever found yourself at the Desert Bar in Neely East Saloon and Parker? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've written about the Desert Bar many times. And, and uh, yeah, that's uh, one of the uh, the all-time classic places. But, no, it's not in Boots and Burgers just because it's only open seasonally. And which And that's uh, actually but, yeah. why I brought it up because it opened last weekend. Right? It is now yeah. reopened. I mean, this is a destination bar. Yeah. No credit cards, no Wi-Fi. You bring cash. Out in the middle of nowhere. It's so an eight five miles. Mi- oh, is, is, it, it, is it five? Yeah, I think it's just five okay. miles down a dirt. But it's a bumpy dirt road. It's an old mining site. It's spread across the hills. It's sort of this uh, kind of historic post-apocalyptic looking place that you think, what the heck am I getting into? But it's just so much fun. It's just live music all day long. They got burgers sizzling on the grill, cold beer flowing. You just sit around listening to bands play and eating burgers and drinking beer out in the middle of Oh, What's the name of it again? Thedesertbar.com is where you can find the information about it. And it was started uh, in the early 80s and the pictures of it from its first. I mean, it was like a, a little 10 by 10 you know, wood box that was set up and 
somehow today it, it, it's a happening place. It is, and and I kind of take partial responsibility for that because, uh, yeah, I've been writing about it for a lot of years, and so a lot of people have gone out there because of me, and now it's got really popular, and and, uh, and but I'm happy for it. I, what a it's hoot. a place that I want to see survive and thrive. You know, those are the kind of quirky places that are just so much fun. You know, you discover a place like that. That's a memory that lasts a lifetime. Well, if you miss Greasewood Flats, this is the bar to go to, right? Okay, all right. There you go. That's hey, it. Well that's said. a great, that's well said, yes. I don't know if you could write this kind of book, Rosie, because, I mean, he he's invited thousands of people now to go to his favorite place. <laughs> I right? know. Rosie likes I to keep know. those places, like, you know, a little protected. <laughs> I know. Well, and, and believe me, I hear I hear about that from people that, oh, how dare you write about, you know, this restaurant. Now it'll be, you know, people will go there. Or uh, how dare you write about this trail? You know, it's open to the public, but now people will use it. And, well, the, you know, sorry. That's what the, a travel writer does. The, the, the Hirsch family were, were good friends of ours. Bob Hirsch, uh-huh. the outdoor writer. Right. And his wife used to hate to go out in public because Mary would always get the wrath of everybody. Well, Bob wrote in the paper about my favorite fish at home. <laughs> he told everybody exactly where to go and what bait to use and when to go. And she always had to take the wrath of everybody. Yeah. But of state parks, I have to tell you, I do have a favorite. Yeah, And it's because I don't know what it is about Southern Arizona but I have a deep, deep infatuation with the Spanish early history of Southern Arizona. And I know where you're going. Two back. Yeah, yeah. It's a great park. Yeah. I mean, you, it, it, it dates back. It's the oldest European settlement in Arizona. Right. And, yep. you, and you get to look through a glass display at the very foundations that they built. When they came through. Yeah, they built that Presidio to, pr- to preserve that mission the, just uh, down the road there. And uh, they've got an incredible collection of uh, museum pieces, artifacts in there that you tour through that covers just all these different eras. It's an astonishing history, you know, and it's one that a lot of people kind of overlook because, you know, you're there at Tubac and it's an artsy village and you're walking around at all the galleries and stuff. And the, the park is right there on the edge of town and you don't want to miss it. Go and see. It's our Wide Open Road, the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford. And this Saturday, Roger Naylor on his new book, Arizona State Parks. We're going to have an interview here shortly with our Arizona Staycation lodging partner of the Patagonia area. But before we get to that, we, we haven't got to number five on your list, Mr. Naylor. It'd have to be Karchner Caverns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody needs to see yeah. Karchner Caverns. Just an unbelievable story and an, uh, a remarkable place. Um, you know, two young cavers that f- discover it and keep it secret for years so they can, you know, protect it. And uh, it's I detail it all in, in the book, but it's just amazing. But if you turn the Grand Canyon inside out, you have Karchner Caverns. It's just that kind of um, astonishing architecture and you know it's lost cities it's just uh it, it's a place that you really need to see to experience when you walk in and that wall of humidity engulfs mm-hmm. like walking into the chambers of a beating heart you hear water dripping and it's just really amazing you sure paint a good picture which is probably why you got uh, into the hall of fame 
the Arizona. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. I'm the Arizona, Arizona Tourism Hall of Fame. It's not the it's not exactly Cooperstown, but it's pr the the best I'll ever do. So it was a uh, a wonderful honor. I was uh, you know it was my uh i'm still overwhelmed by it well you stuff. deserve and, it and so now i get to charge you guys more rates to make <laughs> appearances so. the big bucks, huh? <laughs> there you go well if you're looking for an incentive or a motivation to get out and explore arizona you've got to get to know roger naylor who's been hiking arizona for how how many pairs of merrill Moabs, oh, have you worn out? Yeah, I have no idea. I, yeah, they should. I should work something out with them where they start shipping me these things. Man. But no, yeah, I've gone through uh, dozens. I'm you have, sure. You have two events. Let's get those out real yeah, quick. I, yeah, well, I've got a ton a of events. Of, yeah. I, I'm appearing all over the state over the next few months, uh, doing presentations on the books. But uh, one of them uh, in just a few hours, I will be in Wickenburg uh, at 11 a.m. this morning. I will be at the uh, Desert Caballeros Western museum uh, uh, in Wickenburg, a great little facility talking about Arizona State Parks. And then this Thursday, uh, October 24th at uh, 7 p.m., I'm at one of my favorite venues, Changing Hands, the Phoenix store, Changing Hands in Phoenix, uh, again, talking about Arizona State Parks. And people who attend will be receiving free day passes to the Arizona State Parks. And also anyone who buys one of my books will receive the official Grand Canyon Centennial National Park Centennial Magazine, which uh, they uh, were again. I was very honored to be asked to write by the National Park Service, and the only place you can get it is at the National Park or from me. So, uh, but all my events are listed on my uh, website, uh, RogerNaylor.com. There's an events page. You just click on it, and you see I'm in Prescott, I'm in Sedona, I'm in Tucson, um, I'm back in Phoenix. I'm all over the place. So, uh, you're bound to stumble over me somewhere, Romy. Of all these parks, we've been to a lot of them as a family. I think, I think of the book I counted, I've been to 22 of them. What's the next one on your bucket list? You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to do McFarland because our next rodeo is in Florence. Okay. And I've read about that McFarland a few times, but I've never taken the time to pull in, and that one looked pretty interesting. It is, and that's, again, that's a free one. You know, that's uh, it's part of the visitor center now. It's one you can go through in about an hour, but just some really cool exhibits, really great history. There's a you know, no, uh, uh, some Wild West exhibits, uh, and then also there's a big exhibit on the POW camp that was held there during World War II, and uh, you know, some you know, surprising little pieces of history. There. I'll, so buy it's very you, fun. I'll buy you his biography. McFarland was a great Arizona yeah. fan. RogerNaylor.com for all these great Arizona books and uh, take them with you when you're traveling to state parks, to uh, your hiking. We've got an interview here with our lodging partner this month featuring in uh, Patagonia, Arizona. Rosie on the house, the Arizona Staycation Hour, and all month long we've been talking about Patagonia, Arizona. You go down State Highway 82 and you go right through it. And you also can get to our staycation accommodations of the month. And that's the Duquesne House Inn and Gardens. And here to talk more about it is Rick and Becky, proprietors of the Duquesne House. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Gary. And the weather, I assume, is just gorgeous this time of year. Absolutely stunning. It's low 80s, high 70s during the day. It gets a little chilly at night. Wonderful. I'm looking at the pictures uh, on your website. This is a place I would stay at for a couple of nights for sure. Kind of like a home-style Mexican and Western flair. Very colorful. 
Tell us a little bit more about the sweets. Um, our place has been a bed and breakfast for 30 years, and we're the third set of owners, and each owner has brought a different flair. We have four suites, three of which have two rooms, front day room with a two twin beds, and then a bedroom and queen-size bed, and then a bathroom. And they're each decorated in wonderful different ways, um, some more Western, some more Central American, each with local art. We have Navajo rugs on loan from the Nijoni Ranch in Sonoida, who we love. And then we have a single sort of mother-in-law unit at the end with its own little semi-private part of the patio, looks out on our beautiful garden. Again, when you wake up in the morning, you can take a walk in that beautiful garden, too, as well. It's like a hidden oasis. It's an amazing layout. The, The house was built in 1898 by the founder of the town, and he used it as lodging for his miners and railway workers. So in one way or another, since 1898, this has been the Duquesne House. I think he initially called it the Duquesne Bunkhouse. So the suites do exit out into the back garden. The garden is about two-thirds of the property, and it is, again, the kind of creation and fruition of three generations of owners who each time have come in and kind of added their own thing, developed something, and then left it entirely behind for the next set of owners to come in and curate. Yeah, it's, it's really pretty. You could walk out with a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, sit down, watch the birds. My favorite thing is the hammock. That's an easy draw for me. <laughs> the hammock and the fire pit. And Now that oh, it's getting yeah. chilly evenings, we have a little fire pit you can go and enjoy in the evenings again with a glass of wine or a cup of cocoa. Nice. I never really imagined hammocks would be so popular through all my life, and, and yet it is. It is a very relaxing part of the garden, just right underneath this apple tree that we have. Beautiful. Oh, nice. So you can get some fresh fruit, too, on the side. And speaking of food, you do breakfast as well. We do. We do breakfast four days a week on our extended weekend. So Friday through Monday mornings, guests who stay with us the night before get a family-style meal. It's really wonderful. People get to uh, engage with each other, find commonalities in their interests. Many times people have friends in common. It's pretty amazing. It's a great way to meet people that you've never met before and just kind of, you know, find out about where they came from. In fact, that's my next question. How did you end up in Patagonia? Well, my parents actually retired to Patagonia some time ago, and they were so unbelievably happy here because the community is so robust and friendly and warm um, that they enticed us out here. You know, we'd been in California, and so we're refugees (laughs) from the coast. (laughs) And, um, you know, the community has really welcomed us with open arms, and um, it's just a great place to live. So how about a website and other information in case folks want to uh, spend a night or two there? Sure. Uh, the website is theduquesnehouse.com, spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N as in Nancy E. So theduquesnehouse.com will take you directly to our website. We do reservations strictly from our own website, so there's a little link there. And our phone number is 520-394-2732. I would advise everyone to jump on the website and take a look. And if you really want to get away, get out of town, this is the place to go. Rick and Becky, hey, thank you so much for being part of our staycation. Oh, thanks. It's been a joy. Yeah, thank you so much, Gary. Sign up for the next staycation right now to Prescott for the holidays at rosieonthehouse.com.